Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. Huh. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the palm looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the Christmas five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. Huh. If you die for me, I was still tripping. Now, how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This is deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you're stuck at trying to reach, huh? But after him who's able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now, the point is, this prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. You know, the young man goes by the name of AC, 
Mr. Arnold Cardone. Um, let, let us see us in the building. Uh, Arnold, are you with us? Yes, I am here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come through and chat with us. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to uh, hang out with you, Mr. Patterson. I appreciate it. Oh, man, you know, it's definitely my honor, man. I'm always expired, man, to, uh, you know, talk to, you know, uh, gentlemen such as yourself, man, that's doing so many fantastic things out there. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm really, really uh, impressed um, when I read some things about you that's, you know, reaching out and, you know, touching some children and, you know, uh, sharing your gift of music with them. You had, as far as when it, when it comes to music, you know, I've tried to open myself up as much as possible because it's not just about yourself, you know, it's about who you're healing with your music and abilities. You know, and, and uh, we both share this one thought that, you know, music is the international language, and I might even say the global language because uh, we through our music, man, you know, we can touch and... Uh, uh, elicit so many different emotions, man, and, and, and share so many great stories and uh, help people, you know, through, you know, some trying times, you know. So that's a fantastic thing. Yes, yeah, most definitely. Well, you see, I always like to uh, start off the show, you know, um, letting the artists have the floor for a minute, you know. I mean, we got all the pat questions and stuff, but I kind of like our listeners to know, you know, who AC is and uh, talk a little bit about, you know, your humble beginnings and, you know, where you come from and how you started uh, in the business, and then we'll get to all your your accolades and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm originally born and raised in Las Cruces, New Mexico. That's my hometown. New Mexico is my home state. And uh, I was you could say gifted with music early in age. Um, I actually started picking up a guitar when I was six years old. And um, my parents had brought home some old beat up records, you know, back in the day when we had vinyl, well, now we got vinyl again, but back when it was, <laughs> that's true. The first, the first time vinyl was here, um, uh, you know, it was Elvis Presley records that were all beat up and scratched, and I didn't know what this stuff was. I just put it on this old beat up record player, and I, I heard this. I heard the first Elvis song, you know, "That's All Right, Mama," you know, and uh, I, I had a this beat up old guitar sitting in the closet with two strings on it, and I just picked it up and I tuned the strings by ear to match the song, and my parents were just falling out the door, looking at me like, "What?" what did he do? Well, how did he do that? You know, and I didn't even know how I did it. I just, I was so moved by the groove. It wasn't just the, the, you know, the song, but it was the groove of it. I started moving and, and uh, from that moment, uh, I started doing, listening to everything. The radio was my, my home place. You know, I, I turned it on every radio station. I was listening to the, the funky, uh, 70s disco. I mean, it sounds funny, but there was some cool grooves in some of that. I was listening at the time. I started to get into the rock stuff, uh, um, the Hendrix. Um, I was influenced by everything. And then my parents were buying me, you know, 
records that had like Andrea Segovia, classical artist. And so I, and then my, my father, who was uh, older than your average father to have, he, he was actually a World War II vet. And uh, people my age, not a whole lot of people uh, have uh, parents that were older like that. And so I guess I came late in life, but uh, he was listening to uh, the swing, the 40s, 1940s swing. Uh, on his records in the house. So I had all this influence of all these different music, you know, and, you know, it's it's kind of jumbled my brain up you know, a little bit. It's like I was, it's like a candy store, you know, it's like if I could just go to one piece of candy and focus on that, I'd be good. But no, I like this candy over here and I like this and I like that. And next thing you know, I'm, I've got all this music in me. And so, uh, you know, through my teens, I was, getting into metal music and I was listening to like progressive uh, jazz um, like Al Dimiola and Korea. And then I go listen to Van Halen and Judas Priest. And, and then uh, as the years get on, you know, you got all these other artists coming out influenced uh, through that. And I was uh, basically self-taught for 16 years before I even thought of getting an education. So I had trained myself to play and, um, on the guitar and I would sing. I started singing because the, the bands I was jamming in, no one knew how to sing and everybody get lost in the song. It's like, well, where are we in the song? I don't know. And it's like, well, I, I can just sing along and so we can find where we're at. And I ended up having a voice too. Got in the choir in school. And so uh, it, it was just a self-taught thing as I went uh, until I got older and decided to really hit it hard and get an education and, um, and, you know, I, I really had great support from my family and, uh, incredible support from the local community. Um, you know, uh, Hubbard's music, you know, I grew up in that store, got my first guitar there. They were uh, always supported me. And, um, and just like my mom, I mean, and my dad, they, they were just like, you know, go for it, just go for it, you know, and, you know, the average, uh, I would say the average parent would uh it would be concerned sometimes when kids pick uh, something in their life that they want to go for that might be difficult you know uh you know my dad was a, a federal police officer you know uh for uh, white sands missile range you know and he worked really hard and my mom was an educator in the schools and um you know it, it, and their kid turns around and says well, i'm gonna play guitar for a living like well wait 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 you know uh <laughs> You know, there's a little concern because it's such a risky business, it seems, you know, uh, for some, you know, and, and, and music is so captivating and inspiring. Um, for me, I mean, I just didn't listen to stuff on the radio. I, I picked up a guitar and started playing with it. I started moving to it, and I thought, you know, I'm I'm a little different than the average listener. I got to do something with this, you know, and if I'm going to do something – I better go all the way with it because, yeah, in the end, I better be able to pay my rent too, you know. <laughs> so uh, definitely got to uh, eat. Yeah, so I thought if I get as good as I can possibly be and cover all the bases, you know, I might have a, I might do something, you know, or go or make a living at least, you know, and still be able to be happy. I think that was uh, it's like the movie, the, the Pursuit of Happiness, you know. Um, it, it's it's something that I, I can't see myself doing something that um, 
that makes me depressed, you know, or that I'm not happy because for me, music is just not, you know, invigorating to my soul, but to other people. I noticed right on, right along uh, very early when you play for people, you catch their attention, you take their mind off of their pains and their woes, the things that are going on in their life. And I didn't realize how much of an effect music can have on people. And it doesn't matter what style of music. Everybody has their own thing that they like. But there's something more to just the music. There's something very healing about it. There's something that takes you away from your pain, if at all, for momentarily. So um, I started to notice this, and I got a little spiritual with it in my writing and my playing and how I was feeling it. You know, I just didn't play guitar and sit down. When I played it, I, I was feeling it. And um, so I thought, this is important. Uh, it, it's it's a little more than I would expect uh, as far as just learning some chords and singing and and getting recognition or whatever, you know, or accomplishing something. You know, it, it was really, uh, are you taking it where it should be? And that's where, you, are you healing people? Are you uh, taking them to the next level where the job is really done? And to me, I thought, I got to do this right. I got to get it. I want to make sure all my bases are covered. So um, so from that point, after high school, I ended up considering some uh, educational opportunities. I uh, studied at New Mexico State University for a little bit. And then uh, I was actually using New Mexico State to prepare myself for a, a bigger school, which was uh, Musicians Institute in Hollywood, California. Uh, one of my best friends. Chris Welch, who's an awesome trombone player. Uh, I used to spend a lot of time with his mom, who uh, was a very, very, very awesome support in both his and my music. And she kept telling me, she's like, you need to go to Hollywood. You need to go to Hollywood. And I'm like, oh, they'll leave me alive over there. And she's like, no, you you, you got something. So I, I really had a lot of support. I went over there and went to that program. And I'll tell you, it's hard. Uh, when you go into something like that, because um, some people were telling me, well, you don't need to go to school. You already, you got, you got all this down already. Just if you want to get better, take some local lessons or something. But, you know, I really wanted to see what I could do. And once I got there, uh, it was, I was a little blindsided, you know, because you've got the big city, you got the, you got the incredible players, you got all the different genres floating around and you, you got this big question mark. Okay. What am I going to do? But the other thing too is, uh, I had to go through it all to realize that they were just telling me something that I already knew that I had learned on my own and taught myself. And it was just basically putting a name to it, uh, putting a, a sign on it, saying, well, this is what this is and this is what that is. And that's great. You know, it helps me uh, with my songwriting and especially in my teaching because then I ended up uh, teaching on the side along with being an artist. So, so you know, it it's been a little – I've taken a little time to really develop myself, but, you know, I, I just didn't go try to go with the seat of my pants. I really wanted to stop for a moment and say, am I doing this right? Am I going the right way? Am I covering all the bases? You know, because I really just wanted to get everything that I could with my talent. You know, I, I noticed that some people that we mentioned uh, with me teaching kids and stuff, you know, I, I just don't teach the kids when I'm doing my classes. I actually look to see which kid is actually shining a little more, uh, that they stick out, 
I'll notice things like that, and then I'll check them out and see, okay, well, I'll kind of test them around to see what they got. And, and it's not necessarily in music. I'll notice that they have an intelligence that, you know, hey, this kid could be the president someday or, or can be a mathematician or something like that. And um, so I really notice things like that. And, of course, in music, it's, you know, I notice those things too. So that really helped me uh, be more uh, – AC, I don't know what happened, but uh, your vocals got you got really low there. Okay, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, you're back. All right, I think uh, yeah. So what I was saying is that um, all the there's a big circle that connects, you know, with you know being being able to hear stuff and and then show people what they might not know is inside of them, bring it out, and. In the end, to me, it's like it's beyond the music. It's it's uh, it's a connection to making the world better. I mean, in this time, everything that this world is going through right now, um, there's a lot of things that've been going on prior to the the virus. You know that I thought, man, I thought we were done with that stuff. You know, and all these different. Uh, trials and tribulations going on in the world, and then the virus hits, and it's like, wow, this is a wake-up call, you know. This is a time of recollection, regrouping, and rehealing. And what a better time to write uh, music uh, that is uplifting and challenges uh, the world to, like, hey, man, let's let's put more a little more love into the situation. Let's put a little bit more caring doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. We're all human. And uh, here's some music, man. So just get down and groove a little bit, you know. It's, uh, feel it. Um, I really believe it changes. And I, I believe it's one big circle. Everything that I'm talking about, from learning the music to to writing it to connecting with people and teaching and all that, I, I think it's a bigger picture than just me sitting down playing guitar and singing and uh, that's what I like about what I'm doing because it's uh, you're in control, you know, and you can make a difference or you can just do something else and not. And, and I'd rather try and make a difference with it because it's been, it's been put in my lap, you know. I totally so, sorry I went on a little you. bit there. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. I agree with everything you're saying because I always tell myself and my friends that uh, when my life is over, I want to be known for more than just stepping on ants every day. You know, I I want to, you know, feel like my life has really touched some other people and that I've contributed something that can live on um, beyond my days, you know. And I'm listening to you speak, and I'm like, um, I think you were a producer before you even knew you were a producer. Right. You come into stuff like that. You know, I was so heavy into the guitar thing growing up. And that was all I was doing, just guitar, guitar, guitar. I would have my experiences, and I would go for it. And then the next thing you know, it's like, well, I, you know, I need to record. I got really that. low on me again, AC. You got really low on me again. There we go. I got it. I'm sorry. I keep putting <laughs> my finger over the wrong spot on the phone. So going back, I, I, uh, um, I, I didn't know how to produce anything when I was growing up. I was playing guitar, and that's all I was doing. And uh, so I got to the point where I was like, man, I need to record something. Well, how do you do that? And 
I didn't know the first thing about recording or nothing, and I just came up with an idea that back in the day we had the you know the cassette player. I would record myself playing on the cassette player, and then I'd take another cassette player and play that cassette player back and record my performance with the other recorder onto a new recorder. So now we got two people playing, and then I would double it and double it and double it until I got like a whole band track going on. And I figured that out somehow, but that's what a major recording studio is. That's that's how it works. You know, you got multi-tracks and everything, but right. I just started teaching myself and uh, and went from there. And, I, and the other thing, too, is like um, I needed bass. I needed drums. I needed a keyboard, you know, and I didn't know anybody or, or there wasn't anybody that was able to do what I needed them to do. So I would actually teach myself something on keyboard or bass and I would lay these tracks myself and I just kept doing that. I kept doing that and I I, I it just became second nature to me. And and at the same time I'm actually learning production, which I never even thought. I, I just thought, you know, I just gotta get this stuff done. Here, this is what I gotta do. <laughs> so yeah. It's amazing what you uh, once you're inspired and you start doing something, you come into other you know other doors open for you that you don't realize uh, for accomplishment. And I think the way that you've done it is more powerful, man, because it seemed like um, a lot of times less is more. Because I you mm-hmm. know I, I talk to a lot of different artists across the, well, around the world actually, and. Um, a lot of them started out just like you did, and then you have the ones that were in a situation where they had all this different equipment, you know, 48 tracks and all this stuff, and didn't know how to work any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't know how to work yeah. any of it. But but when you climb the ladder, you know, like you did, you know, you become so much more proficient and and learning what you're doing and knowing what you're doing, you know what I mean? And and with doing that, you you know, you just develop the feel, you know, the soul in it. And, um, you know, that's impressive, and that's what uh, you end up hearing in your music as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it all comes with that inspiration. I keep thinking every day, you know, if I didn't have that inspiration, if I just decided, oh, I think I'll play guitar and, Maybe go and get a go to school or something for music. I, I, it wasn't like that. It was it was like in my blood. I, I'd wake up at when I was younger. I'd play guitar for eight hours a day almost. My mom would be knocking on the door. It's dinner time already. I'm like, whoa, what happened? You know? And, and I mean, it, and, it just while you speak, while you speaking on while you speaking on moms, AC, I want to give them a shout out to the moms and pops, man, because. You know, without their support, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now. So I definitely want to recognize them too, man. And I appreciate all the parents to take time and support their kids. And it's really hard today, I understand, because, you know, of uh, society and economics, a lot of them have to, to work and they really don't have the time, which they should have the time, but they don't have the time to really support their children such as your parents do. So I just wanted to recognize them as well. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, definitely want to recognize them as well, you know, to support you and 
help you to become the artist and the producer and the man that you are today, man. So that's a great thing. But listen, before yeah. we rattle on and on and on and on, man, I want to give everybody the opportunity to put their ear on your music. So we got some of your songs queued up here. Um, what what okay. should we start off with? What should we start off with? Well, um, I start off with uh, I've got some newer stuff and I got some a uh, couple of older things that I um, show example of what I'm Let doing, me. just the different genres. Let's try uh, let's try uh, God Box. Alrighty then. All right, we'll start off with God Box. Well, everybody, this is AC. Let your windows down and turn your air conditioning up and put your own this. This is God Box by AC.
Okay, we're back with our guest today. AC is in the building. Right. What was the inspiration for that song, man? I can hear them fingers just flying. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have many influences and many genres that I actually play. Some of, like in today's presentation, you're, you're not going to hear. I haven't finished the recordings yet, but I cover all these different styles. That one uh, was uh, an influence of, you know, more of my rock stuff. Um, I'm a guitarist firsthand, so um, I try and inflect some of my guitar technique into my songwriting. And it can be difficult because if you're uh, doing – because I sing as well. If you're singing on a singer-songwriter type song, you know, it's about the song. It's not about, you know, how many notes you're going to play on the guitar. And But – I've got all these things that I want to say and I try and squeeze them into one song. So it's a difficult thing. It's, it's actually a, a next level of songwriting that you have to meticulously um, and carefully choose and, and mold everything that you can, so you can get your statements through. In this case, it was an instrumental song. And uh, my influence behind this was more of a, like an Eric Johnson uh, guitar kind of thing. I was, uh, he was a very major influence uh, one of many uh, guitar-wise, and uh, I love to just the straight-up old, older-school rock um, stuff, but with a flair, you know, something that's interesting. Um, and so this one I came up with, um, just I wrote it in about five minutes and just started to lay it down. I played all the instruments on that one. I did all the keyboards, drums, bass, guitar, everything on there. So uh, that's that was the influence of the, one of the genres that I like uh, based on Eric Johnson, kind of a blues-influenced rock, uh, progressive rock blues thing mix, you know. Yeah, you mentioned some of the other artists that, that uh, I know and respect as well. Um, you know, Ivan Neville from the Neville Brothers, uh, Aaron Neville worked on one of my first albums. Awesome. He worked on one of my first albums, man, in the early 70s when I was first starting out as an artist. And uh, it's, 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 it's been, and uh, I'm hearing some Jimi Hendrix as well. And I see you've done some stuff with Steely Dan, which is another favorite artist of mine. Well, yeah, the uh, guitarist from Steely Dan, um, I, I, I did some work with him. I, I didn't play for Steely Dan, but Steely Dan's guitarist was brought in to uh, work on some of my stuff uh, some time back. I, I had a chance to work uh, uh, under Paul McCartney uh, on a release that he put together for up-and-coming artists. Uh, when his wife, uh, Linda McCartney, had passed away from cancer, uh, he started a thing called the Garland Appeal. And uh, one of the producers uh, heard one of my instrumental songs, and he asked me to put it on the first release. And basically what it was is Paul was uh, putting together these artists under his label to raise money for uh, uh, breast cancer uh, technology that they were doing in England at the time. And uh, so uh, he put, they accepted my song, put it on there, and it it was awesome. It got published, and uh, I got a chance to go to New York. And when I went to New York to perform, uh, it was basically an auction of Beatles uh, memorabilia to raise money. And uh, they had, like, the the Beatles producers there. Uh, also, uh, 
um, a lot of their memorabilia, of course, to be auctioned off. And then they had all the artists on this album play. And uh, I got a chance to perform. And the band that they had backing up everybody were some major hitters. Uh, we had, um, let's see, uh, a keyboard player from Linda Ronstadt. We had Celie Dan's uh, guitar player, which is John Harrington. And uh, uh, some major, major L.A., uh, excuse me, not L.A., uh, New York players. And uh, it was kind of uh, nerve-wracking for me because, you know, when I wrote the charts out, I'm handing these charts to some of these uh, big-time people. I'm telling them what to do. And it's like, no, you should be telling me what to do. <laughs> so here I am handing, handing them my music, and I'm, like, shivering. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope I, I did that right. And, and they just they killed it. It was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, so that's one of my stories that I got a chance to play with some major hitters on stage and um, – backing up my stuff, which is nothing compared to theirs, but I mean, it was, it was a great experience, learning experience as well. Great. When you, uh, uh, you, you played with, uh, open up for tower of power was Lenny Williams with them then, or this was after Lenny Williams. This was, uh, see, I think this was in 2004 or five, I think, uh, trying to remember. I know it's a, a one bass player, uh, I think he had passed on the last few years, but the, the, their big bass player was, was hanging with them. I, I can't remember the lineup because I know their lineup has changed um, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, uh, I opened up, got a chance to open up for Tower Power, and that was in Las Cruces. That was some time back uh, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and um, that was phenomenal. That was just – they are such an amazing – amazing band and that's another influence of mine you know the funky stuff you know it's like everybody when i was growing up knew me as a rocker and kind of a metal guy country bands would call me up say hey you want to play some country and i'm like well i don't do country he's like i'll give you a hundred bucks oh i'll be right there so (laughs) (laughs) that's funny and uh and so i would I just fall right in you know i had an ear for music in general i just liked what i liked but i started to learn you know uh, I can I can play this. I can play this style and that style. So, uh, Tower of Power was one of my influences uh, in the funky side of things. You know, I, I grew up listening to some of the funkier stuff on the radio. You know, go from Hendrix to the funky to the, you know, the Lucy Collins kind of thing. You know, and then on up. You know, that's why I liked uh, I, what Ivan Neville was doing with Dumpster Funk. You know, and then Dumpster Funk's a thing of today. You know, they they're an old school funky sound and got the tones coming in from the, like the New Orleans groove. And Nick Daniels, the bass player, actually he was uh, Nick, da- Nick Daniels the third was was the bass player for the Neville Brothers, I believe originally. Um, and he happened to be a friend of mine, and I was in a band with him in L.A. for a few years. And um, so that's how I connected with. Uh, with those guys, to, um, a couple of them from the band to do some of my recording, but that's another influence. You know, the Tower Power thing just came right through the funky. I get, I get confusing, you know, after a while because it's like, well, I want to do funky, but I want to put some jazz changes, but then I want to rock it up, you know, like Steve Vai, and, and it's like, man, you're confusing, you know. <laughs> well, so. well, it's a gift, man. Like you said, it is a true gift to be able to play 
you know, uh, different genres of music, man, and that that is truly a gift because a lot of musicians, you know, really can't do that. They get stuck in, in one thing, and that's all they can do. So it's, it's, it's yeah. a gift and a blessing to be able to do more than that. You know, like I'm just looking at all the groups that, that you've uh, played with and, and um, uh, had influences of, you know, like Manhattan Transfer. I mean, that was one of my favorite groups as well, you know. I've always liked their production, you know. Um, yeah. Mentioned, and I mentioned Tyra Power, you know, um, Lenny Williams, uh, he was actually the vocalist early on that did, you know, So Very Hard to Go. Uh, a friend of mine, and uh, he's done this show as well several times, you know, so I definitely know all the Tower of Power stuff, and like I mentioned, you know, Aaron Neville. I mean, I was a kid in New Orleans, you know, when, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of helped me out and kind of helped me, you know, through the whole studio thing when I was stumbling on everything. So you've definitely had some uh, uh, great influences and been around some great, 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 great people, man. I can definitely tell that. Yeah, and and I mean, coming forthright about it, I I people sometimes ask me some of these people I get to play with or get to do stuff with, you know, and they're like, "How'd you do that? How did how did that happen? How?" And, and it's a broad question for me because it's like I I'm still a student. I'm still learning, you know, and when I get these opportunities, I, I, I'm i really not thinking like, well, now I'm at this level and I'm supposed to be with these people. And it's like, no, I'm like shivering and like shaking when I meet some of these people and thinking, man, I don't, I don't think I own this spot right now, but I am so grateful to be able to have an opportunity. And this is going to be a, a learning experience for me. You know, I, I'm not going to bump heads with no one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to open up my ears and, fall behind and learn and then grow and it doesn't matter what age you are it doesn't matter what age it's like when you get opportunities like that no matter how small or how big you just keep quiet and go with your talent go with your feel and don't stress out and it comes comes out really good in the end you know without the panic going on you know so that's the thing I really appreciate about this is that I really learn from these people because I, I, I cross over so much in genres. I can take uh, uh, different sections of these genres and then put them together. That's why I'm like, a, I was a big Santana fan. Uh, and uh, I, I just love what he did. He took so many styles. Of course, he got the main Latin backbeat of everything that he does, but there's other stuff mixed in there, you know? And if you listen, you can really pick it out. Um, I remember an interview with Prince. I heard Prince, uh, they asked him, you know, well, who's your influence, you know, in your music? And Prince was like, you don't, you don't know? And they're like, well, no. And he's like, well, it's, it's Santana. And the guy's like, what? You know, and, and I was going like, really? And, I'm then, and then he explained it. He's like, if you listen to my guitar playing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing like Santana kind of stuff. You know, if you listen to my songwriting, there's a, there's a lot of hints of Santana. I said Santana was a major influence. And I'm, I had to sit for a while and think about it and listen, because I was a huge Prince fan too. And uh, he was right. It's like, that's amazing. That's, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you and are influenced by something and you go with it. You don't know what's going to come out on the other end, but it's going to be good. And it's going to be a, an inflection 
of what was brought on before. And uh, that was amazing because, you know, everybody respects Prince and what he has to say and what he does. And that, that really opened my eyes up. And so I was a Santana fan. And I noticed that I was doing kind of that idea where we're mixing different genres, different uh, takeaways from each uh, genre to, to kind of create your own thing and bring it out. Is Carlos, is, is he still with us? Carlos is, yes. Uh, I believe his brother oh. just died. His brother passed away two days ago, uh, Jorge, who was with, uh, who was originator of Malo. Uh, they had that song, Suavecito. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. Malo. Um, yeah, I remember Malo. I did a lot of work with Lighty Shader Brown when they were touring, so I toured with them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, right. um, they kind of reminded me of Malo and stuff, you know. But yeah, I just wasn't sure about you know Santana because he's been kind of chilling for a minute. I didn't know if he was still with us or not. Wow. Yes, yeah. sir. Let me see. We got some more music, man. Let me see. We got Vane, Wild Horses, and Don't Spill the Whiskey, and My Dreams. Okay. Well, let's try. Uh, let's try Don't Spill the Whiskey. That's one of my newer ones. Alrighty. And this okay. is featuring Nick Daniels, and it's featuring Nikki Glassy. Uh, she was a drummer from Beyonce, and she was with Dumpster Funk for a little while, and of course Nick Daniels on bass. And the rest of the instrumentation is myself. Okay, what uh, what genre would you put this in, or would you? This one is like a funky blues. It's kind of like a, it's funky, but it has a, a Latin backbeat to it that I put in there, and um, so it's got a Latin backbeat with funky overgroove, and then it's got blues rock guitar on top of it. All right. Everybody, you know the drill. Let the windows down, turn your air conditioning up, and put your ear on this. This is AC with Don't Spill the Whiskey.
Okay, your girl Miss Drama Ganza, mm-hmm, check. Lip gloss, check. Mascara, check. I am Indy with the homie K Biddy, check, check. You listening to Blog Talk Radio, baby, and I love you for it. Mwah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back with AC. Yeah, I can hear that one, man. That was funky. I heard everything. Yeah. Yeah, those are great players, Nikki Glassie and Nick Daniels are just playing it down. Yeah, I can definitely hear you all over it. So, so what's next Thanks. for you, AC? What you what you got going on next? Well, <clears throat> that song there, and I'm doing some more tunes in that kind of feel. I'm going to add some horn lines, and I'm I'm putting out an album with that kind of feel to it, that genre. But I also play Latin jazz, like Nuevo Flamenco guitar as well. I do that, like, uh, on the side, corporate parties and stuff like that, you know. So I'm, I, I have this other side on the jazz side of things. Uh, so I'm going to put out a, an instrumental album as well in that genre. Um, and it's kind of progressive, kind of like, you know, it, it's like a nylon guitar, nylon Spanish guitar, as some would say, sound, uh, a little more uh, on the progressive side. And then this one, you know, I'm really going to push to get, uh, I got some other uh, uh, tunes that I wrote with a band back in Albuquerque that I had, and uh, I was influenced by my uh, one of my close friends. Uh, his name was Angala and Falme. He was uh, from Cameroon, Africa, and he was the most unique drummer you've ever heard in your life. And he inspired me with the Af- African type beats mixing with Latin and funk and then the rock. And so um, I, uh, I recorded some songs that had that influence and, and uh, he ended up passing from cancer. I, I helped take care of him and he passed from cancer. And, and uh, that was one of my things that I thought that I can't let this go. I got to record this stuff. I got to put it out. And so I'm going to be releasing some of those tunes uh, along with the, this genre right here that you just heard, you know, with Don't Spill the Whiskey and that kind of thing. So that's what I'm working on right now. Oh, okay. I know that. That should be interesting. That should definitely be an interesting song. So let me see here. We got, uh, we got a couple more of your joints here, man, and I want to get them in, you know, because Okay. Time is sure flying when you have fun. I mean, now let me see. Uh, we got dreams, veins, and wild horses. Okay. Um, you think we'd be able to fit them all in, or just a couple? Well, we're gonna we we de- we definitely gonna try. Cause I actually I wanted to ask you what inspired you to write uh, "Spill the Whiskey." Well, that's uh, uh that recalls like a person in general that has, you know, they're down on their luck. Um, They don't know what to do. Things are going bad in their life. And uh, basically what I was saying in it is like, you know, uh, like uh, what it's explaining is the person is just going downhill, downhill. And if you, in a a sense, he starts to drink, starts to just say, I give up. I'm going to start sipping on the, on the whiskey. And, and I'm saying, uh, watch yourself. Don't spill the whiskey. It's your life, my friend. Don't spill the whiskey, you know. You know, because if you if you don't watch it, everything you see before you is going to turn to doom. So it's a thing to say, hey, look out. There's a better way. You know, turn the 
turn yourself around and don't let yourself sip too much on that whiskey or you'll go downhill. So that's basically a a warning song, you know, to turn things right. around. Yeah, don't let yourself go down the drain. All right, let's play uh, let's play my dreams. I, I like the title of that. Okay, this is a funky R and B tune with the same players on it. More of my uh, R and B feel to uh to the music. All right, here we go, y'all. You know the drill. Let the windows down, turn the air conditioner up, and put your ears on this. is my dream by AC.
add a little bit of Prince in there. Yeah, <laughs> that influence comes out for sure. <laughs> yes, sir. Let me see, man. We got about three minutes left on the show, man. I think I want to see if I can get a little bit of vein in there, but if not, I'm gonna have you come back, man. I just want to hear a little awesome. bit of this and let our listeners put a hear a little bit on this one. All right. Sounds good. Here we go. Everybody, we gonna have to have have AC come back so we can get a rest of that. But AC, we down to the last minute and a half of the show, and I want to give our listeners let them know where they can go get your music and how they can reach you. All right, well, you can uh, reach me um, right now on Reverb Nation, and that's just you put in in the artist section. Just put in AC, and uh, you can get my page and on ReverbNation.com. That's AC. And then also, um, you can contact uh, Sherry Lee at ElevatedEvents123 at gmail.com. She's uh, handling a lot of my booking and and all my event stuff and everything. And then you can reach me on Facebook. Uh, it's Arnold Cardone. You can look me up, Arnold Cardone. And then I got a website now up at uh, ArnoldCardone.com. And uh, you can just, that's a brand new thing that I'm working on right now, and you can reach me there. And um, All righty, man. I appreciate and I'm it. Give Sherry Lee a shout out too, man. And I want to thank you so much, man. I'm trying to rush this in, Scott. I don't want it to cut us off, but definitely appreciate okay. you, man. Come back through any any time, man. I love your music, man, and uh, good luck on on your future. And I know that you're gonna do big, big, big things, man. And if you're on the West Coast, man, come check us out, man. Definitely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, man. It's been. Been great, man. Enjoyed your music. Enjoyed the conversation, man. And uh, for the listeners, hey, look, it's going to be available worldwide in about two minutes, so you ain't got no excuse not to hear it, all right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you.